shit. (laughs) You passed your luck check. It's the No Class Podcast. With your hosts, Eddie and Matt. I want you to know that's staying in. Oh, I hate you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, hello, friends. Hello out there, internet world. Yeah. You know what today is? I know what two things are happening today. Well, one, one is important and one's not so much. It's very important that it's April Fool's Day. That's not the important one. Oh, wait. What is? The important one was game signups for the Long Con Spring. Oh, man. Registration for games was today for the Long Con Spring? Yep. What? It looks like it's already filled up pretty much. Pretty much took about five minutes for everybody to get signed up for games and get them filled up. By the time you hear this, it might be all full. Yeah, you're out of luck. Yeah, you failed. And you just passed your luck check. Yeah. One pass and one fail. All right. Might better use a luck token. So what was interesting to me was I think the first game to sell out was Barbarians of the Ruined Earth. Ooh la la. So Mike Evans, go ahead and cut us that check. That's right. Yep. We're spreading the disease. And we're coming back from MagCon. Yeah. So we'll talk about a little contrast comparison there as we get into it. Oh, my. Matt's not going to hold anything back. He's going to give you the full thing, the Un- whole 35 yards. Unadulterated, unexpurgated. But first, other than pimping Long Con Spring, mm-hmm. we do pop culture. Oh, my. You ready to head to the pop culture, or do you have anything else at the top of the cast? Let's pop some culture. All right. How about books and comic books? No, but I'm sure you've got something. Pass. I was going to start reading um, the, those Kane books, fantasy pulps, but unfortunately, oh, yeah. but I haven't. Solomon Kane. No, no. This is a different Kane, like Cain and Abel kind of Kane. But he's this. Oh yeah, this is a little out there. But for those that are aware of it, it should have been Appendix N. Some people say, and it's of that era of the pulps, and it's Kane with a K, and he was this. Uh, sword and sorcery warrior but he's like maybe i think supposed to be the cane of like who's lived on through the years and this is a comic no actually this is an actual book this is a pulp you know from the probably 60s or 70s or something i can't think of the guy's name but i'll mention on a future podcast please do yeah we'll be waiting with bated breath yeah you silver-tongued devil go ahead all right have you heard of the comic powers Oh, yeah. Uh, I used to have the collected graphic novel. So you read it long ago. Oh, yeah, I did. Loved it. All right. Very good. So there you go. You have your review of Powers, which is about cops that are policing superhero crime. Mm -hmm. If a superhero gets murdered, they're the ones that investigate it and shake down all the supervillains and other superheroes, and they have no powers. Or do they? Yeah. The one of them used to be a super, right? Oh, spoilers. I know. But then again, they this tell you is that so the first old. Five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. How, how many spoilers can you have? Yeah. Who's the author? Because he's done great things since, and he was a name for a while in comics. Is it Warren Ellis? No. That was so. Transmetropolitan, right? Yeah. But like this, this guy did so well with this. It seemed like he kind of made a name for him for a while. I seem to think. Anyway, he did other things. Do you know they made a crappy TV show out of that? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And I don't even know if you can stream it now. It was that bad. Because it was on PlayStation Network. 
Oh, it was on some weird off-the-wall network. PlayStation Network. So I don't know if a PlayStation TV, whatever their streaming thing was for five minutes. Mm -hmm. So I don't even know if you can get to it now or if it's something you'd have to get to YouTube. But it looked pretty awful. Well, yeah. I mean, the characters looked absolutely positively nothing like they did in the comic. And that's not a big deal, but it is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Well, I liked it. And I don't know how far the graphic novel collection you had went. Mm Mm-hmm. But it goes and splits off into all different directions. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the the end of the first series? It goes back to basically evolution, that the main hero and villain have been fighting each other since the beginning of time. Wow. Um, it's been a minute. We're talking probably six, seven years. Because it was like when uh, Second and Charles first opened in Bossier, I was there, and they had this collected hardbound graphic novel. And had it for a pretty good price, so I snagged it up and loved it. So it's it. probably even, the story is even older than that, but it's been yeah. maybe six years since you've read it. Yeah, so it's been a minute. But uh, but I remember I enjoyed it. Yeah, I wasn't interested enough to continue the journey, though, because mm-hmm. I think it started a new number one, and mm-hmm. everybody hates it when people do that. Mm-hmm. And went off into all these different aspects and like, let's follow this minor character. And So the original series was pretty good, but... It did not entice me enough to follow it on its journey. Yeah, which now reminds me, now I'm thinking about it, whatever happened, I must have loaned it to somebody. You know how that goes. Mm-hmm. But anyway. And also as somebody that's not a DC guy, I was reading this new Batman and Superman series. Mm. I think it came out in 2019, which starts with them facing off against the Batman who laughs. Are you familiar with that, oh, villain? Oh, yeah, you told me about him. He sounds yeah. like a pretty tripped up, freaky kind of character. Yeah, so he uh, corrupts six superheroes over to help him. So that when he corrupts them, it turns them into the blank villain that laughs. And I'll give you one of the first ones, a little minor spoiler here. If all the people that you can pick, of all the heroes you can pick to fight Superman, one of the classic ones is Shazam. Oh, yeah. Because he's got about the strength level and he's magic. He's magic. Yeah, that's uh, Superman's weakness beyond kryptonite. Yep. So... I thought that was really good. We'll see how the rest of the series plays out, but definitely that first story arc was really cool. With that, do you have any exciting TV you would like to talk to us about? As in TV shows. Correct, Mundo. Unless you're making one now. Well, if you've started your own TV show. You got to keep that on the down low, but you know, no. Did you know Solar Opposites has returned? You told me it was coming back, but now Mm -hmm. it is back. Yep. So season two, I'm exactly two episodes in. I'm enjoying it. And you will be happy to know in the second episode, the wall story continues. Oh, good. Because that was one of the most intriguing aspects of the first season was the wall. Yeah. Would you not? I mean, was that the same for you? Uh, you could make your own show out off the wall. You could have Solar Opposites and Solar Opposites, the wall, and that I would, would watch be it. A neat spinoff, yeah. I, I would watch that too. So, so far... Solar Opposites has been good, and our fan favorite part, The Wall, they're generating a new story out of that. So Cool. That's go neat. check that out. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Movies. Did okay. you get some good, classic, cheesy movies for us? Yes, indeed. And I'll, so our new friend Dan had recommended Neon City, and I was, I am remiss. I can't say that I've ever heard of it. I was a little disappointed because it is totally that... Late 80s, barely early 90s genre of B post-APOC. He talked it up so much that I wanted to see it. 
Well, and so Neon City, 1991. It's got Michael Ironsides, the king of B-movies, with a turn as the hero, although a uh, anti-hero, you know, or, you know, Michael Ironsides. Did you know Michael Ironsides was a successful arm wrestler as a teen? Yes. Okay. And, of course, he's the voice of Darkseid, the DC bad boy in the JLA cartoons, which, what a great voice actor in that regard. Also in the movie was Richard Sanders, Les Nesman from WKRP, Vanity, who dated Prince and Nikki Six, uh, who I didn't know this. She became an evangelist and died of kidney failure in 2016. And then Lyle Alzado was famous for football, TV, movies in the 80s. He died a year later of a brain tumor. He played football for Kilgore College for two years. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, until he was asked to leave. He was the first person to sack Joe Namath, and he fought Muhammad Ali. In a boxing match. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, El Alizade had a really interesting life. God bless him. So, for those of you that are not local to our area, Kilgore is right down the road. So. Yeah, about 10 minutes. And it's a, a really neat little town, It's but it's a small little town. So, it's funny that he played. But they have a great college there, though, you know. Um, but, but for a cheesy 80s type B movie, it has a decent story, some decent acting, and some pretty good costumes and effects. I give it four mushroom clouds. Out of five? Out of five. And or out of ten. Out of five. That's high praise for me. So anyway, yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, you know, and, and vodka wasn't even involved. So Now know. the real question is, would I enjoy it? Are you like, eh? eh probably not, but, you know, but maybe, I think, you know. Yeah. Would our listeners, do you think our average listener would enjoy these cheesy I, movies? I would not recommend it that highly if I didn't wow. think there was a chance. You know, I mean, some of the stuff we've talked about, oh, my God, I groan through it or I fight through it for y'all's edification. I enjoyed this movie. I mean, I really did. But then again, I love, you know, those 80s, 90s fantasy post-APOC kind of cheese bag B movies. And even a lot of those, you've heard me kind of slam them on here. So, no, no, no. I, I think it's it's worth a watch. The story's interesting, you know. So, yeah. And there is some, some decent acting in there. Anyway. All right, any other movies? No, but I, you've got one. Well, yeah, speaking of mushroom clouds, mm-hmm. I went and checked out the new Godzilla vs. Kong. Kong dominated, I'm sure. The whole time. I was yeah. like, wow, I had no idea Ooh. that that monkey poo was so powerful. <laughs> he flung gigantic salvos of reaching his big gigantic diaper. and Well, are we going to spoil it for our listeners? It's so new that I won't spoil it. Mm-hmm. I will say... My family really enjoyed it. Wow. But me, I was kind of meh. I am a Godzilla fan, but I always like Godzilla in concept more Mm -hmm. than execution. Mm -hmm. Most of the movies, you sit through a bunch of the human plot so that you can get to the 20 minutes of monster fighting, which is what you really want. That's what you're there for. So this one had some pretty subpar human plot to me Mm -hmm. where it was like, yeah, these people just carried over from the last movie, so they get a paycheck. They really didn't need to be here. Mm-hmm. Some of them you just kind of go, is that that guy in silhouette or whatever? Why Why is he here? <laughs> uh, yeah, more spoilers that I don't want to give away. But I will say it's like every hero versus hero movie that you've seen mm-hmm. where it's like, well, first they have to fight, and then they have to team up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, of course that happens. And it's the the fight scenes are pretty good, but the mystery thing that I'm not talking about, I didn't really like that design. Mm. 
So if you know what I'm talking about, and down the road maybe we'll discuss it some yeah. more. But it's so it came out yesterday, yeah. so I really feel like it's too soon to be given any kind of spoilers. Right, and that's that's thoughtful. Um, my my brother-in-law went to see it, and he I think he enjoyed it as well. Which is crazy because it was the theater was jam packed. People are sick of being you know stuck out of the theaters, and and a lot of the show times were sold out, oh, and that was on a Wednesday night. That's how sick and tired people people want to go see a movie. Or is it how bad people want to see Godzilla? Well, and King Kong or whatever. Yeah, there's a few Godzilla. people. There's a few people that are Kong fans. I don't know. We any. don't talk about them. I know. I love someone at the at a store yesterday. Even like called me out like, "Sir, what's your opinion?" And we were talking about it at work in the morning. And that's a pretty eclectic, interesting group at work for them to get. It got heated, you know. You know, the, the Kong versus That's one Godzilla. obvious right answer. That's all yeah, I can say. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So it's interesting. What's your opinion, Kong versus Zilla? Uh, I think the movie did a good job with that. Mm -hmm. That played out as I felt it should. Mm -hmm. Wink. Wink. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like I said, surprised that the theater was so full and also oh. that it was so full. I was like, where's my social distancing? Yeah. So it was, we had went and seen Monster Hunter before, mm -hmm. and nobody wants to see Monster Hunter, okay? I get it. Yeah. But that was, I guess, earlier in the time of the COVID. So there wasn't a lot of people there, and it was fantastic. Yeah. Yesterday, there were a lot of people there, and it made me feel more uncomfortable. Well, and I really don't want to say this because I, I don't want to get political, but the fact is... Don't my, get political. I'm not, my governor said we don't have to wear a mask, and guess what? COVID numbers have went down since then. I saw some statistics the other day, but I didn't mention on Facebook because we have those friends that would have to shout me down or, you know, tell me I'm wrong because that's not what they want to hear. That doesn't fit the narrative. But all I'm saying is the good news is whether you believe our governor's an idiot or not, the COVID numbers here have actually, in Longview, we're hardly the, we've, we've cleared out the ICU of COVID patients. We're blessed, I so guess. So I'll give you two things. Yeah. I'm still not comfortable in crowds. Well, no, I don't blame I don't you. know. We've been conditioned. And I don't count your chickens before they hatch. Oh, I know. They say there's a surge happening or whatever, but with everybody hopefully getting the vaccine, I hope. Anyway, let's not go there. Um, so, yeah. You didn't feel comfortable. And I don't blame you. But you got your shots. Yeah, still. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it wasn't like, oh my God, but it's, I'm just not used to being. Well, because after a year in a of being place shut, yeah, it's so alien. I hear yeah, you. It feels weird. And it's not even yeah. like, I'm about to get the COVIDs. It's just, I don't know. It's like somebody was in there playing with matches and gasoline or something. You're mm -hmm. just like, it just doesn't feel right. It feels odd. And mm -hmm. this is after, you know, we had our November con mm -hmm. and we had uh, NTRPG. And we had MagCon. But there were a lot of masks in play. There was temperatures being checked. There was, you know, uh, hand sanitizer in abundance. There was literal social distancing, you know. So, no, I mean, the, the, like I said, if you take the proper precautions and you use good common sense. You yeah, know, I've been I mean, to events is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm, but this where you're elbow to elbow in a room. Yeah, no, that's different. It wasn't like, well... Yeah. This group of people is over in a room over here, and this group of people is in a room over here. Oh, sure. This was no, more no, of a no. mass thing, almost no, like going you. back to a concert again or something like that, where it's just like, boy, what is it, coming up on a year and a half? Yeah. Something like that. So yeah. I've definitely got, I am not accustomed to it anymore. Yeah. Well, I, it's funny, I don't know where this was, but when it's not Texas, but somewhere farther north, it seemed like, or east, they had came back and said, 
with kids being back in school, they didn't have to be six feet. Now they're saying three feet is okay. So, I mean, this stuff has changed every five minutes since it started. And we're, because we're learning, we don't know, you know. So, anyway, so hopefully, with that in mind, but I hear you, it feels alien. I, I totally. And then get we went that. out to a restaurant. And mm-hmm. social distancing was also out the window because mm-hmm. I guess you can have 100% capacity now. Yeah. Is it 75 or I'm just straight up 100 again? I, I don't know, but yeah, there's not that whole, you're not seeing as many um, taped off chairs but or even tables that or whatever. Weird now that, oh, yeah. and I mean, did you really miss it when it was like when I put my elbow back, I hit the table next to me and there's, you know, five, ten people over there. It's like, well, you know. Well, being who I am on a I general love that elbow space. Day, no, no, I loved it at the half capacity thing. I felt bad for the restaurants and their weight stuff and all that, but no, you know me. I'm I don't I'm not It's that time know. when you have the table that's right next to you and you're no. like, you know, if we push these together like six inches, we'll just be all at the same table together here. Well, no. Well, I went to Amarillo because COVID had blown up out there to help do you know, dialysis. The staff there was overwhelmed. And this was right for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, when a lot of people decided it's a good idea to get together during a pandemic with your whole family. And there's that one cousin that was feeling under the weather but didn't want to miss it. I mean, that's the story I heard over and over again when I asked these patients, the one you could ask that were on a vent. You know, like, well, what happened? Well, you know, cousin Consuela had it or whatever, and now we've all got it. And but anyway, um, I remember going to a steakhouse, and yeah, there was a table five feet from me that had like a family of nine, no masks in sight, kids running around the table, and I mean, I was just like, oh well. You know? well I'm not even talking about the COVID. I'm just like, yeah. well, I guess I'll listen to your conversation. Yeah, I mean, it's that close. Yeah, it seems alien. Now. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. If they're more boisterous, which I'm sure yeah. you never have that problem. Matt has never been at a table where the people next to him are louder. Yeah, duh. Anyway. <laughs> I'll teach you. Yeah. What's that? Anyway. Sound trick. All right. All right. Movies, that's it. Yes. All right. How about some games and video games? <laughs> video games? And video games? Yeah. Well, I'm still playing Fallout 76 when I have time. Still. Still. Still enjoying my shooty guy. Which I did log on my old sledgehammer guy, level 100. Sledgehammer. Because now they have, like, there was perks. Now there's super perks. <gasps> so I loaded up some super perks for him on a oh. goof. Well, I just loaded mine up the other day. Mm-hmm. And I was apparently five experience points away from a level. Mm-hmm. So I leveled up. But I didn't even bother putting in the cards. So I'll have to see if I can get some super perks now. No, if the level you're at, you've already got 50 point super perk points. And also, all those cards that you had five and six copies of, now you can trash them to get more of those points to buy more hmm. of those perks. So, yeah, like, um, we'll say, like, you were like, well, I really had to give myself high perception, high agility because I'm a shooty guy. But you're like, man, I wish I had a couple more points of strength. To, to slot in some cards that would be beneficial, like uh, a bandolier or whatever. But you're like, but no, I there's not enough points left for high strength. Now you take the advanced strength card as your super perk, couple points. Now you can slot that card in or whatever hmm. without messing up your shooty build or whatever, or vice versa. For my melee guy, I was like, man, I wish he could have more intelligence points. Now I have it. Okay, here's one of the quality of life things I would have liked to have seen fixed. So uh-huh. you can tell me if they have this yet. Do they have loadouts? Uh, I don't think so. Not that I've noticed. Because that one you could be like, nice. I'm an expert lock picker when I put my cards in. 
Okay, now one of the super perks, because I knew people got tired of switching those out, one of the perks you'll want to take if you're that guy is you're like a uh, secret agent or something like that, or it's called, and it's where like you're automatically considered to have like uh, max a, sneak, like max sneak and max lock picking or something, and that way you don't have to, because I know people are always slotting like me. I'm slotting those cards in and out, in and out on my shooty guy. You know, I keep stealth pretty much all the time. But but it's like, remember when you're going to craft something, you have the power, if you mm -hmm. slot it in, that you get two for one, yeah. and it'll cost you less, and you'll make more, and bleep, bleep, yeah. bleep, bleep, Well, again, like I was always catching myself sliding in and out the card that, that, what's it called, where you make more ammo when you make ammo. Well, now my super perk is Ammunition Factory, where I make 45% extra ammo every time I make ammo, and that's one of my super perks, so I don't have to worry about slotting that other one in and out in and out in and out so they kind of fix some of that with these super perks mm -hmm. so there's that and there's the new quests and the new npcs and stuff so yeah that wasn't yeah. game breaking by any means but that was something that they could have like if you hit a button you'll load in your crafting stuff if you hit a button you'll put in your sneaky stuff that I, sort of thing i think well i had a deal like that where like you could have different uh, equipment loadouts and it was mm -hmm. a quick hit of a button to switch between those loadouts that would be nice Okay, well, sort of related to Fallout, I had mentioned starting the Outer Worlds. Oh, yeah. So I'm done with it now. Boom, wow. baby. <laughs> wow. It was really good. I don't think in the grand scheme of RPGs it was all that long. Like, I don't think you would have finished it that fast because you don't have that much time. Like, hey, I have the time. Yeah. But a lot of times now I don't have the inclination to sit there and play something as long. Mm -hmm. But this one, yeah, I could sit there and... Just while away the hours, so lay this away my life. The guys that used to be Black Isle that made the original Fallout, right? Now I want to switch it to Obsidian. Yeah, or, or one of those. Mm -hmm. But anyway, guys who used to make really great storytelling games, and like we talk about nowadays with some of these Fallout games, it's like, do you want to give the snarky no or the non-snarky no? But either way, you're saying no here. And it's like, Ugh, give me some more choices. And you love that about Fallout 3 where like, an option, extra option would pop up if your strength's really high, like you try to intimidate him instead of whatever. Mm -hmm. And you don't see much of that anymore. And it used to be a thing in those games that made him a little more, more of a rich role-playing game. Yeah. So, with that being said. So, this one I felt was a lot better of a role-playing experience. It did harken more back to those old days. It did have a very Fallout vibe. You are traveling between planets, but there's not... The planets aren't like night and day, like this is the this planet and this is the that. Like this is the boiling hot planet and this is the freezing cold. So you're going to have to wear heat gear or cold gear or this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. So it really, you could have set this on one world or mm -hmm. you could have put it just straight up post-APOC mm -hmm. instead of being in this far-flung future mm -hmm. post-APOC kind of, sort of. Mm -hmm. And it would have been the same. I really liked it. It did. It had that old sarcastic kind of fallout humor. Uh -huh. Like... I give you a 4% chance of surviving this, Captain. Good luck. Yeah. That's funny. Well, those guys are great storytellers. Yeah. I think good interplay between your companion characters. Yeah. They had really good stories to go with them, so it was worth doing your side qu their side quests. Cool. Uh, I think I did practically every side quest. So, I mean, wow. I did everything it had to offer. I haven't got the DLCs. Um, so, this one, I'll give you your... Five stars out of five stars. Really highly recommend it wow. to you if you like the Fallout games. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, a really good role-playing game. 
The okay. one thing I will say is a lot of the monsters, it's like there's three kinds of monsters, and that's about it. Wow. So that could have had a little bit more variety. So there's good role-playing as part of that. Is this one of those ones where, like, your actions have consequences? Yeah, you can definitely take the good ending and the bad ending and help somebody or hurt somebody. Okay, well, cool. Uh, the very first big choice that you have to make is there's a corporation that owns the planet, mm-hmm. so you can help them, or there's some workers that have split off, and you can help them. Oh. So obviously you would be helping the corporation, <laughs> which I originally chose to help the workers, mm-hmm. but there is a split the difference and where you can help both of them out. Ooh, so that's one of the things too. It wasn't necessarily it's black or white. There are the shades of gray. It's like, well, I can see where there's advantages to having the corporate resources, mm-hmm. but maybe you should have the leadership from the other crew. So, yeah, there were some really good choices in that. And with a lot of these games, it's like, how much is the illusion of choice? Mm-hmm. So if I went back and did another playthrough, I might go, there wasn't any difference at all. Because yeah. I don't think you played any of those, what are they? I want to say the Telltale games. They had one for Walking Dead. They had a series of them. They had a Batman one. They had a oh, wow. Game of Thrones one. And you make choices as you go. It's kind of more of a visual novel. Mm-hmm. So it's like, do you choose to say this guy or this guy? And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, boy, this is going to be a big, important decision down the road. Mm-hmm. But then, like, say the next chapter, that guy gets killed anyway. So it's like, oh, it really didn't matter which one wow. I chose. that's poopy. So I mm-hmm. think this one's better than that, but I haven't got a replay to do that. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of times where I like to go through as the goody-good guy on the first one, mm-hmm. and then on the second one, oh, yeah. you go back and shoot up the place. Right, so right. I would have liked to have seen that, too. And, yeah. of course, I'm like, whenever you save the game, all the NPCs get scared because you're about to do something crazy. Yeah. So yeah, It's like talking about FO76 again. It's like, I don't like the Raiders or the Foundation. So I'm like, meh. You know? Yeah, they both love me. Oh, I'm sure. But I'm trying to get them rewards. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm dealing with them, but, like, there'll be the three choices. A lot of times I'm like, you need to pay me for this, you know. But we talked about the Brotherhood has joined in on 76 now. Yeah. And the first guy you meet is such a jerk. I'm like, screw you. I'm not joining the Brotherhood. But, but here's, historically, the Brotherhood are kind of cocky yeah. or arrogant. So, I mean, I, I fought through it because, no, the first guy you deal with is a jerk. But the next person you deal with is pretty cool and like, thanks, I really appreciate the help. Which but is the gatekeeper is a which is my high-level character coming in mm-hmm. that's already friends with the Raiders and with the Settlers. The Foundation settlers. This third faction is like, Meh. I'm like, nah, dude, you don't know who I am. Yeah, so. you don't know who I am, son. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not going through this scrub stuff. Yeah. You better recognize. That's right. I could blow your head off, boy. So, 100 paces. Outer Worlds, really good. Go mm-hmm. check it out. Yeah. The other thing that I played was the Super Mario World Bowser's Fury. Oh my. So I'm I hope I'm getting the name drop here that it's Super Mario World. I think this was the one that came out for the Wii U that mm-hmm. I already played back in the day. So the only new part of it that they added for the Switch release is a little I don't know if you want to call it a mini game or an add-on game or something called Bowser's Fury. Hmm. So I played that. I've already beaten that too. So that tells you how short that was. Mm-hmm. That in this two-week period, I've beaten The Outer Worlds, which took a lot of time, mm-hmm. and Bowser's Fury, which took almost no time. Wow. So unless you just need another Mario, you haven't played Super Mario World for the Wii U, 
go ahead, but I was talking to our buddy uh, BJ at Games to Go the other day, mm-hmm. and he was kind of like me, where it's like, you know, not that much stuff has come out on the Switch. If you have been a loyal Nintendo fanboy, mm-hmm. you played a lot of this on the Wii U already. Mm-hmm. So for me, just adding in Bowser's World, I wouldn't spend the 50, 60 bucks, whatever it is now for this. Ooh. If you've never played it, then it's a oh, new game with a little yeah. bonus. Right, but if you've you already can. played the main one, that little add-on is definitely not worth it. Oh, I want to ask your opinion on this. So what is it like all the stuff for PS3 and Vita and all stuff is just going away? They're shutting down the store. Okay. So if there's some game that you've been like, I always want to play that on PS3 and I can download it, you need to download it now mm-hmm. or you won't have a chance to do it later. But what if you've already bought something? Then you own it. Okay, but so you can go get it. Like, but what if you delete it off your system or You whatever? can still go back and get it. Okay, so get it, but you can't buy anymore. So right. Okay, I was wondering how that worked because I thought that's kind of janky if you just couldn't buy stuff. Or you couldn't go get things you bought from the store. It'll be resin out there to go download again. Yeah, that's what they're talking but about. But they're cutting off sales. Yeah. Hmm. So it's kind of like, I wonder if there's anything that I missed that I should go get. But I'd like, if it hasn't bothered me up to this point. How important could it be? Because I actually own a Vita. I'm mm-hmm. one of those people, too. Oh, I One know. of the ten. <laughs> kind of like the ten that owned a Wii U. Yeah. So, I mean, I had it, and I didn't get that much use out of it. So, mm-hmm. I'm sure there is something that I could say that's on the Vita that, oh, boy, I missed that. Mm-hmm. But if I don't know about it, yeah. right. then I'm not missing it. Mm-hmm. So, the Bowser Fury part was really short. It's almost like just one world if you want to say that it doesn't change that much it's very samey mm-hmm. so if you don't have the original game sure go check it out otherwise i'd say pass or do like me and give it a rental there you go smart all right did that get us through games i think so well video games uh, yeah did you want to do some board games now or do you want to wait till the magcon section it'll, yeah it'll, it'll all be one thing so just let them know that yeah we're going to talk about MagCon, but we'll also be talking a little bit about board games or card games. All right. The other thing that I'll squeeze in here mm-hmm. on games is to give you guys a first edition update mm. for the Osric, the Sinister Secrets of Salt Marsh. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've done really well getting through there. Mm-hmm. Seeing them play smart, just developing that over a couple of play sessions that they've gotten a lot more careful. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's cool. Yeah. The, the, the 10 foot pole has been brought out and is being used. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I don't want to give spoilers for it because you should still go and play it. And by the oh, way, absolutely. our buddy Matt R is running part of this. Oh. He, it's the, uh, what's the new book? Ghosts of Salt March. Mm-hmm. He's doing the haunted house section, uh-huh. which that comes from the sinister secrets of Salt Marsh. Mm-hmm. So that's what the party just finished. The, haunted house mm-hmm. so they were smart enough they ducked out of a fight that they probably couldn't win mm, smart so i was i That's definitely expected school. them that they were going to go down swinging mm-hmm. but they were like you know we've gone far enough we probably can't handle because they could kind of determine what was going on there and they said that's probably above our pay grade mm-hmm. which was probably a smart thing to do mm-hmm. uh it also kept in line with the party never letting carrie see any combat so once Poor again, Gary. you have the one person that's like, please let us get into a fight. And it's like, nope, shut it down. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what old Michael Curtis said one time at a con? He's like, if, if you can keep the dice out of the game master's hands, that's that's how you win. Especially old school. Keep the If the GM's reaching for a dice, 
you're, you're doing something. Well, you I know, keep going. You know, sometimes. I can just – I'm the GM. I can throw a combat in here anywhere I want. I just give her a little fun. But also it's so deadly. Oh, yeah. You're like, well, I'll just have a goblin show up. We know about that. Yeah, but what if that goblin gets a crit? Yep. Mm-hmm. It can just turn that fast. So it's kind of oh, like yeah. – Old school, man. You guys were smart enough to not get in this fight. So, I mean, for funsies, I'd be like, here's the fight anyway. But it's so it's such a chance of dying that it's like I'm not going to do that to you. Right. Yeah. So no. it's very much like that. Also, this is when I revealed to them the old school ways that your recovered treasure is XP points. Ta-da. So boom, uh, the rogue Bradley has leveled up because they had the smallest uh, experience table, at least initially. And I think the cleric is pretty close. Yeah. And then the wizard. And the magic user and the paladin are oh. still a million miles away. Oh, sure. But that's the thing for being a paladin. You mm-hmm. get your little bells and whistles, but it's going to take you forever to get a level. Mm-hmm. And the poor wizard, you know, fighting through. So the only thing is, is they get smarter and play smarter. We have less funny things to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> But I will yeah. say that there was one little scare trap that went off after mm-hmm. they had cleared the house, and they're like, <gasps> all right, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's kind of like this all went off at the wrong time. It's too late now, mm-hmm. but it was still enough for them to be like, nah, not interested. Man, I tell you, I'm, I'm definitely jelly. I'd love to play some Osric, and it sounds like y'all are having a lot of fun. Having a lot of fun. It's good, good. I'm glad. All right. Are you ready to talk about some mag con? Absolutely. All right. Yeah. All right. We'll see how that edit goes, but I had to take a little break there so I could uh, change up the long con spring schedule for our good buddy, Doug and Nicole. <laughs> so there you go, Doug. It's all fixed up. Enjoy. And now to regale you with the tales of mag con is our own. Maddie G. Oh my. So MagCon was a lot of fun. We had a, a good Where is MagCon? It is in Houston, Texas. And specifically it's close to Humble. Yeah, and our hotel was New Caney. Yeah, New Caney. Um, which was not not a bad hotel. We had a good experience there too. And it's very close to the venue. And what does MagCon stand for? Yes, you looked into that. I did not look into that. You said you did it. At one point, point, I looked it up, and it was, I think it was a medical organization thing that was going to be their first charity. Oh, really? But just for the lulls, I said again, what is it? Because I don't remember. I looked it up, and then I couldn't find it again on their MagCon page. And I'm sad to say, I looked at one point, but I didn't look that hard, but I did look, and I couldn't find it. So I'm like, oh, well. But I know it was... It was MAG for whatever it was, mm-hmm. and that was originally the charity, and then I think the school became a fundraiser for a school that they were in. Yeah, and that's the cool thing is the, the funds from the con go to help the school. And the other thing is, what was this, like MagCon 12? 12 or something? I knew it's, it's, they've had a few. Well, I've seen adverts at NTRPG for MagCon over the last few years, so I've entertained the thought, but I always, I'm used to, I still haven't acknowledged mentally that I don't live in Shreveport, Louisiana anymore. Right. I live in Longview, Texas. So I'm thinking, God, Houston's like a five-hour drive. No, it was a three, barely a three-hour drive for us to get there, and it was a very pleasant drive. Yeah, you know? we had not chit-chatted for a while, so we just recorded a three-hour podcast. Basically, yeah. we could have put on the mics and yeah, had a really entertaining cast. Yeah, I was gonna say we we were. I was in stitches. We were both cutting up, and you know. 
in rare form. But we had a really great time. It was really awesome of David uh, Donahue to invite us out. Um, and yeah, I mean, we put in to run some games or whatever. Uh, but unfortunately, kind of like with us, this coming spring con and our last November con, we kept the numbers low because of COVID and just by the very nature of events, numbers probably would have been low whether we had set that as a goal anyway. So I think that this is not anywhere near their normal attendance numbers. That's what I believe I was led to believe. That's what I was told as well. Yeah. And so needless to say, but still, there was a, a pretty respectable turnout. Um, they had some really neat vendors, and we got to interact with a lot of them, and they were just really nice folks. Yeah, they had fantastic vendors in the vending area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, we were given a table to kind of uh, promote Long Con, and, which was nice. And we were right between two vendors that were just really, really super friendly, great folks. Yeah, really cool. Yeah. And so... Um, well, let me interject this story before you uh, sure. move on. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. We were given out some free swag yeah. at our booth uh-huh. because for some reason people will come and look at the vending booths, mm-hmm. but I guess if you don't have something obviously for sale or they think you're some other con, they'll look the other way and yeah. you know notice that thing on the floor that they hadn't before or search for lost change. Or, yeah, they look spare change on the floor, yeah. So I don't know what, but people like to turn their heads as soon as they get to that table. Or maybe it's just the looks of us. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't I blame them shunning us. That seems pretty correct. You know? So we were giving out swag as people mm-hmm. went by, but we would only give out swag if you would say something mm-hmm. like, hey, what's that long con thing? Or what do you guys do in here? Or what you sure you look funny. If you would acknowledge us and engage just a little, if you'd say one thing, you got our cool swag. But if you didn't, you get nothing. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. So that was one thing that kept us laughing through the yeah. con. And eventually we brought the guys on each side into the joke. So people would be walking by and they'd start to hesitate. Me to be like, lean forward like, you can do under our breath. Like, come on. And they would, then they'd take off. And then they'd get almost past our table and they'd look back like, you know, looking back at Sodom and Gomorrah. And we'd be like, yes, they're going to come back. You're going to give it, get some free swag. And they would turn back and keep walking. And we'd be like, missed Luckily they didn't turn into salt. Exactly. Because that seems appropriate but anyway yeah Nilas, that was the big running joke was that you know that people if they stopped so what's funny was the whole time we really didn't have that many as you'd like to think even though the vendor area was was pretty hopping but uh at one point it's like sunday we're packing our stuff up to leave and that's when a guy comes up enthusiastically and goes oh hey hey, hey you're the long con guys oh boy i want to you know come to y'all's con in april and i'm like we've already sold out and i was like oh you're asking questions but we had to dig everything that we just packed away because i thought here's someone who genuinely was enthused and had some great questions and was knew who we were or whatever like one little girl leon just walked up and goes so what do you goobers doing you know and we're like well you you spoke to us here you get something you know ah and I guess while we're talking about this, because of the vendors, I don't know if you're going to mention this, the door prizes were fantastic. Oh, God, the, the door prizes that were just given out gratis every few hours were phenomenal. I mean, I, I, t- I say David Magcon. generous guy. Generous guy, class act, really neat door prizes. And then the auction items were phenomenal. The silent auction slash auction items were really good. But backing up on something. So we drove in Friday, and Eddie had the brilliant idea. He's like, hey. We're in Houston. I would assume David's place is close by. Let's go check out Etten Games. Man, that was a neat shop. It was jam-packed. I yeah. have rarely seen 
a place with more stuff than that. And a really quality selection. Right. I mean, really, the place was very clean, you know, which is odd for a game store. And it was the place for uber nerds like us because we were able to get a copy of the Black Hack. Yeah, I was going to say I got a copy of David Black's Black Hack and the mini screen. And And you got a, yeah, and a stack of Osrix. Which was nice because I don't think any of our local game shops here carry them. No, no, but yet David had a... Huge stack. And I got an old school GM screen to use with it, which mm-hmm. I had been looking for. So Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we cleaned up at Ed and Games. So that really neat selection. And the staff there were super friendly and helpful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was cool. But anyway, back to the con. So, MagCon, um, on one side of us, we had Dan Chris of Dan Chris Games, who was uh, promoting Tavern Masters, mm-hmm. which is his card game slash kind of board game it's really more of a card game as i understand it i'm really super nice guy and obscenely generous yeah just mind-blowingly generous and he's one that told me about neon city so if you try out neon city and you really hate it you should blame dan chris and if you love it thank me um we're going to play this game and we're going to review it we just got back from the con and i've been working every day since so we haven't a chance to play but we will play it and we're gonna tell you all about it one interesting uh, anecdote, one of the cards is a tribute to a friend of his that passed away. I think it's the potter. So that's kind of neat. And the artwork on the cards is gorgeous. It's really good. He commissions quality artwork. Well, the other thing is that he's really gone all in with this. Oh, yeah. He's got the base game. Mm-hmm. He's got some expansions. Numerous expansions. He's got Kickstarter bennies that he gave us. Mm-hmm. And he's got a soundtrack CD to play yeah. along with the game. How many board games have that? Right. I mean, our card games. So you, you get into the, the, the tavern you know theme of the game. And I, we, he and I were talking about this because he was saying like, oh, there's a game I love where you play as a bean farmer. <laughs> And I said, that's the thing, unfortunately, is the game mechanic. Death Beans. Yeah, could be the most fun game ever by the dynamic of the game and how it plays. But a lot of times what pulls you in is the theme and where I'm like, Bean Farmer. You know, he's like, yeah, for me, literally. I was like, want to play a Bean Farmer? No. But then he tried the game and he was like, this is the best game ever. And so you might be like, I'm running a tavern, but it sounds like it's a really fun uh, dynamic and honestly, I mean, there's some people that are like, oh, boy, I'm running my own tavern, and you're running one, too. Let's see who runs one better. So you can play it where it's cooperative, like, or you can play it competitive. And it's not, like, hardcore mean competitive. It's something like Catan where, like, and eh, we're both trying to build our village up on the island. Let's see who builds the better village quicker, who builds the better tavern. But you can, there is, once again, he's brilliant. There's an expansion that adds in, like, you can play some nasty stuff, like, oh, did rats get in your cellar, teehee? So if you want those little PvP elements... He's got a booster for that. So, I mean, it's really thorough. It's really well thought out. It sounds like he worked on this for a while. Oh, yeah. And he's just and just sitting there next to him. We chatted a lot. He was a super nice guy. Anyway, for what that's worth. On the other side of us was Jeff Rosenbaugh of Guardian Moon Games, who showed us how to play Destination Danger, which is a role-playing adventure Again, sort of a card game. Um, this can fit like in your back pocket or your breast pocket, um, unless you're extremely petite. Um, haha. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's neat. It can fit in your pocket. And like he said, you could be in line for something and with a couple couples or some friends, and you could literally pull these out, do a quick deal, and you could play a quick little fun RP scenario or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it, it really, and we played it. I had fun with it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a fun game. Uh, it's 
quick and easy. Mm-hmm. One player does have to kind of be the GM, mm-hmm. so keep that in mind. Yeah. But I, you could easily play it with, I'd say, three people and have mm-hmm. a good time. Yeah, or more. I mean, definitely. Oh, yeah. You could probably play it all by yourself and have fun, but three would probably be a good minimum number. Yeah. I guess the interactions. Come to think of it, you mentioned this could be a decent tool for uh, generating some sort of adventure concept or whatever. Exactly. So there's something that Jeff didn't even mention that I'm thinking of now. A selling point, you could deal a hand of this and go, ooh, this gives me an idea for an adventure. Now, the, the base deck, I think the themes are generally kind of the old... Um, Oh, what would you think as far as Pulp's old, um, the guy had the golden skin, um, the guy, Doc Sampson, or what, or Doc Savage, or whatever. Like, it's that era, or Indiana Jones, or the mummy, or whatever. It's that, what would that be, the 20s or 30s, and in these, you know, but destination danger, you know, it's jungle, steamy jungle, and, or, you know, the... The deserds of, you know, wherever. But and anyway, if you yeah. do see them at a con, make sure you tell them, it belongs in a museum. Yeah, they'll uh-huh. love you for it. Yeah, they've never heard that before. And nearby there was another table that was a guy named Jason Blake was demoing his game Seismic, spelled C-Y-S-M-I-C. And I did not get an opportunity to play it, but I got to talk with him at length and watch a game being played. Um, and uh, it, it looked pretty interesting. That's the one where he had all the 3D printed mm-hmm. prototypes, I guess you would say, yeah. with pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an epic sci-fi strategy war game set amidst a dying planet. You've got to build your escape vehicle before your opponents. Sounds like a ton of fun. Playtime may be a little long for some people. He's been working on it for like five plus years, so he's worked out a lot of the bugs. Uh, there are dynamics that limit ganging up, etc. He told me about and I thought that was really interesting because, you know, let's face it, in a lot of these multiplayer games, people get ganged up on. He had a really elegant way to limit or curtail that, hmm. you know, which I thought was really groundbreaking. Um, it's, I guess it's very well thought out. In Jason's own words, it's about embracing the chaos happening all around you as the planet slowly disintegrates while you fight to capture the resources necessary to get your people off-world before there's no world left. And so it's just really a nice guy and an interesting game. Uh, and you can tell he's really put some thought into it. Like, one thing I liked was, like, well... We're playing around the table. I'm probably going to be fighting people to my left and right. You can leave one side of the board and come in on the other. So that way, that cuts down on some of that. Well, I guess we're going to – I'm caught between – if you got two players that are really aggressive, you can move your stuff off this side of the board and come back in on the other side to get away from aggressive players. Or what, Like I said, he's really thought out a lot of this stuff, and it's, it's interesting dynamics. But anyway, but that was pretty interesting. Now, from looking at that game, it had so many pieces and yeah. big pieces. Mm-hmm. If you did that on a Kickstarter, mm-hmm. how much do you think that would go for? They would have to retail at. Oh, probably at least $100, $150. Yeah, it's going to be on the high end. But the, the, he did the 3D printing himself, and the, even with that, the pieces looked really good. They fit together well. Um, he's got, like I said, some interesting... You know, it's, yeah, there's like you can upgrade troops. Like there's the basic little troop guys they upgrade to this. Then there's these that upgrade to this. And so it's not like it's not too busy because you well, can have I think he like said the players. Twilight Imperium players was his target base, right? Yeah. And so that's, if that's your jam, 
yeah. this might be something you're interested in. But mm-hmm. if it ain't your jam. Yeah, stay away. Yeah. But I think he's on Facebook and he definitely has an internet presence. And he's talking about maybe finally going to kickstart sooner, soonish. So I, if it sounds like your cup of tea or whatever, I would keep an, an eye out. Yeah, if we have piqued your interest. Yeah, we're, you know, we're looking out for y'all. But definitely Tavern Masters and Destination Danger, those are out and available for your purchase now. Now. And you never know, you could see those guys pop up at the long con sometime. Ooh la la. But really cool cool guys. Yeah. If you need to uh, spend some time in conversation, you can't get better people to talk with. Oh, yeah. And uh, not to forget... Blue Cherry Fairy. Mm-hmm. She was incredibly generous. She gave us some stuff, um, you know, for our charity auctions that we do because we always like to pick some sort of charity to help. Um, and she she was super nice. I think that was her husband there, and I met her children. Uh, yeah, she's super nice. I've got a messenger bag from her years ago that's incredibly well made. The stitch work on it is just really gorgeous. And it's just a, a great. Her stuff's really great. And she makes the official one of a kind MagCon dice bag every year that they raffle off too. Mm-hmm. So they said that's always a big ooh la la prize for them. Oh yeah, and because one thing I like is her dice bags have a really big mouth because you figure, let's just face it, a lot, a lot of gamers are big corn fed boys and trying to get that meat hook hand off into a narrow dice bag can be a little bit of a, a struggle. So she makes these really neat wide mouth, uh, really high quality double lined dice bags. And I saw some neat designs she and she had a ton of different designs and speaking of dice bags mm-hmm. our buddy Durthan, one of your bags was up there oh yeah for a auction mm-hmm. and it went it was definitely one of the top things that went for the most cash so it was a nice, good on you. It was a well nice, made item yeah a lot of the things were like five and six different choices uh-uh it was one of your bags and a set of metal dice and it went one of the highest bids absolutely so way to go Durthan. Yeah. Your bags are top notch. It was a little taste of home seeing that there. Yeah, we were like we were both elementary like look look. We know yeah. that guy. Yeah, we know him. But yeah, but it was neat. But uh, so the auction, uh, he didn't make maybe as much as he would normally, but it is what it is, uh, because there was a lower attendance. But I'm tickled that we were able to we won some items by we I mean Eddie, but yeah. Um, but we met cleaned out. We cleaned up, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, there's a lot of like fun. I was going to get arrested after that because it was such a steal. It was a steal of a deal. But, yeah, but anyway, but some people got some really good stuff, you know. So from their auction to our auction. Exactly. But we laugh. He even, uh, David chided us, he, not, he uh, kidding us, you know. He said, yeah, I guess I'm going to see some of this stuff at, at Long Con. And yeah, we like, saw what? some of our stuff. So yeah, exactly. We saw some of our stuff that we know he won in our uh, so, I mean, one hand washes the other. And there was a prize from NTRPG while we mentioned that. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, here's the con circuit. Yeah. That even the prizes are making the circuit the, now. The, the prizes make the round. That's kind of funny, yeah. So, anyway, what do you do? It was a good time. Those yeah. guys are great guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, MagCon has our love and support mm-hmm. with our good friends, NTRPG. So if you ever decide you want to make a Texas circuit of RPGs, uh, conventions, there you mm-hmm. go. Yeah. You've got us and NTRPG and MagCon. And and we're all within a relatively close distance of each other. Yep. 
But it's funny, how we originally invited David to come to Archon was because every year when I go to NTRPG, his is one of the booths that I make a beeline for because there's always an interesting... Are you trying to say that we swipe stuff from NTRPG? No, never. But it's such... It, David's curation of... He can only bring so much in his uh, Suburban or whatever he's driving that the way he curates and decides what to bring is genius. It's always a, just an interesting mix. And there's, I can just turn around in the booth and be like, I want one of those, and I want that. And, oh, boy, I haven't seen that in years. Well, and, it's an old-school con, and he brings old-school stuff. But there's some new-school stuff in there, too, but it's I, brilliant. Nobody cares about that. I know, I know. I but, care about the stuff that I'm not going to find anywhere well, else. Well, no, and just me, at last year's long con alone, he had some gems, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I haven't seen those in 20 years, some of this. And, and, and he sold it to me at, like, incredibly reasonable pricing i was like are you sure oh yeah i mean you know so uh, yeah anyway because he's usually the one that's got the old adventures he's usually the one that's got the old lead because mm-hmm. i mean uh, he has everything oh, he yeah. wanted to just go i'm making a 5e booth and i've got it he owns a game store he's got yeah. all that stuff but so i mean he does make a conscious decision when he goes to the cons yeah. to bring some of this lesser available material mm-hmm. which that sells really well at ntrpg and for us, we don't see that stuff in the heart of Longview very much. Right. So that's really great stuff to bring. Mm-hmm. Not that you shouldn't bring your fifth edition stuff because you're going to sell that too. But yeah. that's what I really appreciate is when he brings out that older stuff. Yeah. But he also had like a, that Savage World box set that I, that Gary ended up buying for me because we were checking out Savage Worlds at that time. Well, if you just talk about stuff that's new, Osric is new. All that's old is new. And our yeah. Black Hack books. Mm-hmm. But I guess I'm just saying... The old stuff and a variety. It's not just. That's what I'm saying. It's this really neat mix of stuff that he brings. And it's just always just, he's got an art even in that regard for picking a really neat. Well, yes, since you're talking about that, think about the stuff that he brings to NTRPG and the Mm -hmm. long con Mm -hmm. as opposed to what he brought out at MagCon. Yeah. MagCon was definitely more for the fifth edition and. Pathfinder crew, I guess, yeah. however you want to say that, the more popular modern RPGs. Yeah. Because I'm sure there was Savage Worlds there, but there wasn't a lot of it. Like, we had all those big box sets last time at Long Con. Yeah. So, yeah. it is cool that he is tailoring this to the cons that he's going to. Yeah. And so, as far as me, I picked up a new item for the game room. So, that's. It only cost you a hand and an eye. That's right. That's right. That hand and eye of Vecna by WizKids really looks neat. And I got that from the cadet. What was Space cadet. Space cadet, yeah. Speaking of vendors that we almost forgot. Yeah, no, and he was a super nice guy. I believe that was his daughter there with him. And yeah. Yeah, they were really nice people. Really nice people. And folks. again, she was petitioning him to come out to yeah. Long Con. He needed so. to go to Long He's I don't know, you know. Twist that arm. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway... But yeah, a lot of nice folks, a lot of interesting people we interacted with between vendors and, and uh, you know, and, and, and whatnot. There were people playing tabletop games there as well. There were an everything con. Yeah, they were. Not just yeah. RPG. They had just as much board game and just as much war gaming. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, we had a good time. I, I'd be glad to go back. I'm going to put this one thing out there, though. Okay. So you may want to edit this out. You may want to disavow any knowledge of this. But I'm I'm not going to be quiet on this one. This Uh-oh. is this is my political moment. Oh my! The best barbecue in Houston uh-huh. is not 
good g-o-o-d-e barbecue mm-hmm. co yeah that was what was recommended unless they're having an off day Ugh. Yeah. That, now, here's what's uncanny. Their sides were good. I enjoyed oh, the, the sides. the sides were delicious. They were delicious, which is funny because I've always kind of rag on Texas barbecue. It seems like all these guys are like wave their barbecue around and go, yeah, look at me, and I got this great barbecue, and then they really dropped the ball on their sides. Because I'm saying that coming from Louisiana where the barbecue was okay, but the sides would blow your mind. But over here, the barbecue is great, but the sides are just bland or not good as a general rule. No, their sides were great, so I can say something nice about them. But yeah, the barbecue. Oh, and your cookie. Matt's got to have a cookie. Yeah, well, we that go. cookie was the shiz, but I think there was a whole stick of butter in it. Yeah. They were basting it as yeah. they handed it to him. It was them. like delicious. But uh, so, I mean, being able to be that guy, like, let me find something nice to say. But no, as far as being a connoisseur of good barbecue, that wasn't it. It wasn't it. I'm not saying it was bad, but it was. Not great. Not, and I was told that was the best in Houston or whatever. No. And I looked up a list of the best places in Houston. It's not It's not even yeah. mentioned. Well, sorry if we hurt someone's feelings there, but I'm just. I don't you know, think that we will. Maybe they were they have an off day. I'll give. I'll say that as a caveat. I won't. I'll say if you go to Houston, <laughs> go somewhere else. Because yeah. that's us looking out for well, you. Well, yeah, what's ironic is there was a place within practical walking distance called the Rusty Buckle, and I'd be willing to bet I want to try it next year, and I bet it's just as good or better, and I won't have to drive 40 minutes. And we speaking of restaurants, we also went to the this local little steakhouse thing i guess if you want to call it that it was more of a Ooh, diner yeah it was also pretty bad mm-hmm. but we found a mediterranean buffet place and which that is a was chain delicious and it was good turns out that's I'd a local chain i had i think it's a local chain but oh, it was delicious so speaking of weird things going to a buffet yeah that's unusual for these times yeah we had to wear you, you know, know had to glove up gloves. and stay masked up but oh yeah um, and just hummus and euros on the buffet bar. Mm-hmm. And they had what, five me. and six different kinds of hummus. Like yeah, I had the everything avocado else is just hummus. gravy, so to speak. Yeah. It's all Greek to me. And the baklava. <laughs> but anyway, the baklava was so And you had good. your, what is it, the stuffed grape leaves? I love stuffed grape leaves. And I, could, I could eat all I want, make a pig out of myself. Oh, yeah. Stuffed grape leaves. That was delicious. Yeah, and really what we paid for that was way less than what we paid for that subpar barbecue and the subpar chicken fried steak. And here's the other weird one. As we were leaving, we were just like, screw it, we're going to eat on the road. We got some uh, BK Burger in King. Cleveland, Texas. Cleveland, Texas, not far from Moscow, Texas. And it was the best BK I've ever eaten in my life. I was like, what in the world? Because <laughs> I'm okay with BK, and I've eaten a lot of it because they're on military bases. That's basically the option. It's like, you're going to eat BK or you're going to eat nothing. Uh-huh. So, I mean, that was one of the best-made Whoppers I've ever had. Yeah. And the fries were the best, like, fast food fries you, I think I've ever had. You compared them to McDonald's Which, fries. That's heresy. <laughs> McDonald's is gold standard. The typical BK is trash on yeah. fries, in uh-huh. my humble opinion. Right. Because, I mean, Wendy's, I'll take Wendy's over them all day. Yeah. So the flame-boiled broiled burger was perfect. The fries were incredibly delicious. The service, though, was like he was supposed to get onion rings. And they it seemed like they got a little pissy with me when I asked for some sauce for my nuggets. But yeah. anyway. And it was a... a pretty big line for like one oh, o'clock in the afternoon well now we know why this but is the one place so. that makes that's a good whopper good kind of like our local bodacious yeah you may have heard of the chain bodacious they're yeah. okay but uh-huh. the one here in longview that's the original location mm-hmm. is fantastic it's the boobies so 
I'm going to have to get some of that soon to wash the goods out of my mouth. Exactly, yeah. Well, yeah, we, we drove 40 minutes one way for that goody barbecue. But what's cool was there was a gigantic steel-plated armadillo with horns across the street. So that, you know, kind of helped a little bit. It made it a win for you. Exactly. I got a picture of it. I showed it to Steph. She was like, teehee. Teehee indeed. <laughs> well, I thought this would be a really short episode, but yeah, me managed too. to waste your time once again, Exactly. Listeners. You poor rascals. Got anything else you want to close out on? Uh, just, I'm starting to get kind of excited for, uh, you know, the end of the month, man. Yeah, my head is definitely into the long con spring right now since we just had the ticket sales, so to speak. So that's definitely on my mind, and I'm hyped about that. And yeah. I'm ready to run some of these games now. Yeah, me too, me too. I'm, it's going to be fun. All right. Well, I can see by the clock on the wall, way down the hall, we're all out of hit points. Ah.